Hello, everyone, and welcome to the CFS Health Recovery Podcast. I am your host, Toby Morrison, and in today's episode, we sit down with Max Molikov, who was a past member of our recovery program who suffered from chronic fatigue syndrome. He bounced from doctor to doctor all around America and Israel. He literally tried everything to the point where he was basically a lab rat at Stanford University and he put his hand up to basically be a guinea pig at Stanford University in the MECFS clinic. He then went on to find our program a year later and he has never looked back. This story is incredible. We talk about some of the tendencies that most people with chronic fatigue syndrome suffer with. And we talked about some of the key areas of his recovery and how he focused on his mind, his body, and also his spirit in terms of where he wanted to go with his life. It's a fascinating story. Max is one of a kind. He truly is. And you are going to benefit from this conversation so much today. Without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy this interview with Max Malikov. Hello and welcome. I am your host, Toby Morrison, the founder of CFS Health. And on the other end, we have Max Malikoff. Hello, my friend. How are you? Doing well, Toby. Thank you. Thanks for joining me. We are talking about your recovery from chronic fatigue syndrome today. And I just want to start by saying I so appreciate you jumping on and coming on to share your story. It's an incredible one. I know a lot of people are going to relate to this and super stoked to have you here. Great to catch up again since you left the program and hear what you're up to today. But, you know, I'd love to go back just for the people who are watching this. First of all, where are you from? A little bit of a backstory there. Sure. Yeah. First, also I want to say thanks for having me. Toby's the man to anybody listening. <laughs> yeah. So my backstory, I'm from San Francisco, born and raised here. When I was 18, I moved to Israel for two years. I was there in the military. Then I came back to California from ages 20 until 24. I did my undergrad here at UC Davis, a couple hours north of San Francisco. And then I got sick or not feeling great. Let's put it like that. From ages 24 until maybe 26, 27-ish, stuck at home here living at my parents' house in the city. And then I tried for about a year to get out and work. And we can talk about maybe later the pushing and crashing, but I try to work for a company and always ended up back in bed, not feeling mm. great. One summer I was working in Tel Aviv back in Israel. And I filled out a form online about MECFS stuff. And it was with Stanford and they emailed me back saying, yeah, you're definitely like a candidate. We want to study you. And I felt like a lab rat at that point, but I was so desperate. I said, I'm coming home, you know? Wow. So I like left that job, jumped on a plane, came back here. Literally the next day I went down to Stanford and met some people there and uh, yeah, enrolled in their studies. After that, I was at home for about a year and then I went back to Israel and I started school. And then that's when I found your program. That was around 2020. And I've been getting better, feel great now. And mm. here we are today. Talking is amazing. <laughs> I had no idea that you're a lab rat at Stanford. <laughs> but yeah, it goes to show the desperation that you'll go to lengths to do anything. And I think it's so important to share that because 
not many people have the opportunity to go and do that either, to be honest. We've had lots of clients who have gone through Stanford medical system and been diagnosed there. But at the same time, there's this desperation that comes when you are suffering with something that's unknown, especially in the modern world. And so you will put your hand up for anything that would help. Max, before you joined the program, what were you struggling with the most? Let's see. What was I struggling with? I had no energy. I don't know if it's like obvious to say that, but I'd wake up exhausted, had no energy during the day. You guys, I think, like to use the term tired and wired. Mm -hmm. I felt like my body was a little bit on edge. It like startled easily. I remember like a not necessarily heart palpitations, but if something like surprised me or spooked, I'd feel like a little bit of an adrenaline rush. So I felt like on edge, pretty anxious and just exhausted. So mm. that was a big one. Sleeping was pretty bad. Diet was probably pretty bad. Exercise in the beginning, like probably a lot of people listening, I'd try to sweat it out. <laughs> so I'd go on like these long walks and well, everyone knows what happens after that. I ended up back in bed for a day or two or even more. I felt like my body was broken, really. The biggest symptom I'd say is fatigue, physical fatigue, mental fatigue, and also say brain fog, not thinking straight, sometimes having trouble finding the right word, but fatigue. Is the yeah, fatigue in, in brackets, everything else as well. You're a pretty exactly. smart guy. When I look at you, what you've studied and kind of the work that you do, you're a switched on guy. How did you feel when you went from being such a go-getter, you're traveling the world, you could do anything you wanted to really with your kind of smarts. I know you're probably like, eh, maybe not, you know, all you high achievers, you don't give yourself enough credit, but what was it like in those darkest days for you emotionally? It was rough, really rough. I never want to end up back in those places but you're absolutely right I went from somebody who had all these options and I was very athletic and very active and did well in school of course at the expense of my health we find out later to feeling like a potato I mean like a total vegetable like I felt pretty resilient before and then to have all of that taken away it was like wow i am weak i am fragile i'm vulnerable that was hard those were hard days really hard i've heard you talk about them too before very dark very depressing but in the end there's light at the end of the tunnel there's tons of people come on this program i'm i guess just another guy here now but yeah those days were hard and i'm glad they're over Anybody listening, it's not forever, but you do need to take some accountability into your own hands and yeah, listen to your body. I think it was a pretty big tip that it's so simple, but when you start to act on that and live by that, I think it's a great thing that will help speed up one's recovery. Yeah, for sure, man. We'll get into that as well. We'll get into some deeper kind of details on what really helped transform your situation and what got you to where you're at today. When you joined the program, mm -hmm. what was that like? You've gone to Stanford to be basically an experiment. You've probably tried lots of different things. You've been on YouTube. You've been Googling, you know, 2am in the morning kind of stuff when you're up in pain and symptoms. 
Yeah. What was it like when you initially joined the program? Was there like excitement? Was there overwhelm? Did you think this is just another thing to experiment with? I had my skepticism, I'll be honest, because you're absolutely right. I saw different specialists, like I think a lot of people do, the GP, the general doctor, neurology, mm. infectious disease. I mean, sort of shopping, we can say, with all these specialists, and nobody really has a good answer. And also alternative medicine doctors in the States, they're called DOs, doctor of osteopathy, I think. Okay, yeah. They're a little bit more holistic. They look at the gut and different things like that. But when I found your program, I remember feeling skeptical because it is exhausting getting your hopes up when you think you found the cure or the perfect doctor or the doctor with the long waiting list and you sneak in line, right? And you're like, yes, I finally got him. I did see a doctor down in LA like that. He had this long six month waiting period. And they called me one day saying, hey, we have a cancellation. I got on a plane the next day. He sold me some like pills, you know, I was like, oh, this is not the answer, right? Mm -hmm. But it's exhausting. You have hope and then you feel like shit. You have hope and you feel like shit. So I had my skepticism joining the program. I had never met anybody, believe it or not, who had been able to relate to how I was feeling like mm. physically. So that was really cool, actually, to be able to talk in a similar language that people like, oh, yeah, I totally know what you mean. And then also being in the Facebook group and being on the Zoom calls together with other members, hearing them explain how they were feeling I was like, oh, I get you like the tired and wired feeling. I get that. What was it like for the first time to be finally understood when you're able to meet other members going through what you're going through? It's so isolating when you can't find anybody that can relate to you or your family doesn't know what the hell's going on. Your friends are like, what's wrong with you? Different doctors will say different things. It's very isolating. I've heard that motif come up a lot. And so finally to be in a group of a bunch of different people from around the world who actually understand you know what you've been through and what you're going through and maybe you might continue to go through a little bit as you get stronger it was so refreshing because i felt like i didn't need to convince anybody i didn't need to defend myself and people were just understanding accepting there was such a sense of relief i was like oh, okay cool these people understand because they're here yeah. i don't think you guys just take anybody right you Make sure they have the right mindset. Yeah. yeah. It's not like you're thrown into a group of some people like, there's no hope and there's nothing I can do to get better. We really only let people in who are ready to embark on their recovery journey and take control right. of their health and their well-being and implement yeah. things. And part of the process of enrolling in the program is attitude, your level of self-responsibility. Because if right. you're still in the process of finding the doctor who's going to cure you with one pill, everyone's guilty, but that's not no one's fault. That's the system no. letting you down. The system told you when you get sick, you go to the doctor, the doctor gives you the sure. pill, and then you get better. And it just doesn't work yeah. with chronic fatigue syndrome. I remember you Googling all the different symptoms of chronic fatigue syndrome. And you said before yeah. that basically <laughs> in a category of experiencing four or more for a period of six months. And then you realize that you're experiencing like nine or 10 of them. What was it like to go, oh my God, this is what I'm going through. Yeah. It was scary. Totally. It was really scary. I remember the night actually, I was with a bunch of friends. We had gone out. I came back and I was like, I do not feel well. So let me check WebMD. 
And I remember specifically Harvard. I saw like a Harvard paper on people who feel these symptoms and they put this criteria out. Just like you said, if you experience four out of six of these symptoms for longer than three or four months, like you got it. I was like, oh my God, that's like almost two years now. And check, check, check. Like you said, I had all of them. I was like, wow, this is what I have. And then the scariest part, it's scary even to get back into this kind of thinking was to read at the end of that article, it said something terrible, 5% of people recover. I was like, is this really my fate? I felt doomed, Mm. honestly. (laughs) It was really scary. I was like, you know, no treatments out there, just suck it up. You're doomed and there's nothing you can do about it. It was like a double slap to the face. (laughs) Yeah. And it's hard because you are such a positive guy and people probably can't understand how hard it was for you back then. That's what's so frustrating is it's such a subjectable number. How is it true that they're literally measuring every single person who's got chronic fatigue syndrome? Like you can't, and all the people who are focusing on their recovery and getting better, they're not getting measured. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Crazy. So I know probably the research comes from a good place in their academic heart, but it came off really scary. And I just remember feeling very scared when I read that. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So fast forward a few years, you joined the program, you finally understood for the first time in your life, which is cool. You're still skeptical though, which makes sense. You're human, that's good and healthy and normal. What clicked for you initially when you joined the program? Was there anything that was just like a pivotal changing point? Was it the baseline, the stopping, the pushing and crashing initially? I think the biggest thing for me, the baseline made a lot of sense intuitively. I would feel a little bit better want to do a lot of things, go for a long bike ride, (laughs) run to the ocean, and then I'd crash. So the baseline made sense in terms of like gradual strength building and resilience building. Reconditioning, yeah. Exactly, yeah. I think a big shift for me, we did talk about it earlier, was I realized for many years I had an issue with people pleasing, always trying to put others before me. Zooming out and looking at my life retrospectively and on a larger scale, I noticed that when I was feeling good and doing well, always during those times, I was putting myself first and not in a selfish way. I think we have to separate the idea that putting yourself first is selfish. I think actually quite the opposite. And I love love that. And I'm going to interrupt for one second because I'd love to go deeper on that. Where do you think this people-pleasing it came from for you? That's a good question. It might be emulating parents. I think growing up, kids can just be parrots or puppets mm. to their parents. Just monkey see, monkey do. Mm. So it's probably I'm learning from that. Not to say that it's bad to be nice. It's important to be a nice person and yeah, be kind. And It's nice to be kind, but it's not nice to be a doormat. My first mentor, Craig Harper, shout out to Craig. He's actually got one of the biggest podcasts in the world right now. It's unbelievable. It's called The You Project. We did an interview together on that. It's really cool. But he used to say all the time, and he still posts that quote. He says, it's nice to be nice, but it's not nice to be a doormat, meaning it's not nice to be walked on all over, basically. And you need to know your boundaries. Yeah. Yes. I tell people that probably once every two weeks it's great advice and it's true you know our job is not to please everybody our job is to make sure we're healthy and we're living our best life and when we do that we can help others even more let's talk about the difference between self-care and selfishness 
oh my god but if i don't please everybody then i'm not a good person but yeah. i loved what you learned and you were that person in a way you were that person of i need to please everybody yes. and look after everyone but then i remember you did a group coaching session i was on that call that day it was amazing and you raised your hand and you had a question i toby i don't know how to let go of this people-pleasing tendency and that's really exhausting me and stressing me out actually. Yep. It's not working. We didn't just get straight to the solution. We dove into the problem first. We looked at what are the patterns? Why are we doing this? What's the purpose behind this people-pleasing? And kind of got yeah. to this realization and we gave you a framework on moving forwards from that day. How can I still be nice and say no? Uh -huh. Do you remember? It was just like a penny dropped and you were like, Oh, okay. So if I say no, I'm not an asshole. I don't have to be mean. I don't have to be rude, but it's okay yeah. for me to say no. And I love the idea that being selfish in the way of looking after yourself first is actually the opposite of being selfish of, from what the culture tells you it is. Because yeah, like you said, you've got more energy to give. You can care for people differently and you're not a doormat. You're just a human being giving and receiving. Yeah. I remember that. And I remember it was hard for me in the beginning to say no. I was out of practice. People used to tell me that I was a yes man, like that Jim Carrey movie. It's not sustainable. Let me just start off by saying it's not sustainable. <laughs> but when you're young or you can cut some corner, you can get away with it for a bit, but everything has a consequence, right? So mm. everything comes at a cost. Everything. Recovering, not recovering. Not taking responsibility, yeah. taking responsibility, everything comes at a cost. It's just a choice on which ones you want to choose. Exactly. Everything has a cost. Everything has a consequence. Saying no is yeah. hard, especially like Same you said, out of practice. I was like a recovering yes man. I remember practicing like with people inviting me out or, hey, do you want to come hang out? I was like, honestly, I don't feel like it. So no thanks. And then also I remember there's no need always to tell people why, you know, people can just accept no's and I can speak for myself. I felt the need to like give an explanation or to defend myself before anybody even asked why. But yeah. I found that if I just, no, oh, no, thanks. Sometimes they'd be like, come on, it'll be fun. I said, like, no, I'm not really feeling it. And then that was it. Yeah. And then I felt I gained so much more energy by getting in touch with my body, getting in tune now, if somebody asks me to go out, it's like, yeah, let's go if I'm feeling it. Exactly. Yeah. And that's right. It's just an in-tuneness of self. We call it body awareness, body wisdom, basically. Yeah. Because that's what it's knowing what to do, when to do. The term is great and the meaning inside the term is great. And I'll tell like a small story if I can. I totally threw my body wisdom out the window when I was, I think, 16 was the first time I started fighting against my body in probably an unhealthy way. I had this mm -hmm. chemistry teacher, Dr. Song. She was awesome. Everyone loved her. Brilliant woman. And she was one of the people, it's probably like 1% of the world population that can actually get away with five hours of sleep. Like she was totally functional, super healthy. And I remember her telling us one day at 10 a.m. in a chemistry lecture, yeah, this morning I ran five miles. I had my smoothie. I made my big to-do list and I did half of it already. And I'm like still waking up 16 year old me like, wow, she's superwoman. Like that sounds to me at that time, totally type A, always want to be productive. 
that sounds amazing. And that was when I started, I think, to throw my body wisdom out the window mm -hmm. and cut corners, like I mentioned before, not sleeping, staying up really late, not listening to what my body wants to eat, how much sleep I need, putting stress on the back burner. And anyway, it caught up eventually. And then mm -hmm. I had to bring it all back to square one say, okay, let's get in touch with this body of mine. I don't want to blame her because she's awesome. But <laughs> looking back at my story, that was one moment I could point back towards and say, that's when I started waking up early, going to bed late, being way too active, involved in many sports teams simultaneously, just mm. really pushing it on all fronts. Yeah, it's interesting. Like <laughs> the message that was coming through for you, the learnings that had to take place in order for you to move forwards. Yep. My biggest learnings were, I think we can't move forward until we slow down a little bit and mm. assess where we are and only when we have a good understanding of where we are health-wise energy-wise can we pick up and do the right things that uh, we need to do this yeah exactly do the right things i want to talk about you rebuilding and reconditioning your body because that was an important piece and it is an important piece that most people don't often realize people just think it's this mindset work our philosophy is it's from the bottom up so body to brain and then from top down brain and body so we cover every aspect just before we do that there was a moment in yeah. the program where the type a perfectionist came out in you tell us what happened there when you reached out to a certain oh. someone <laughs> I'd love for you to share that story because a lot of people go through this. So please. I remember maybe halfway through the program, a few months in, messaging Erin, who's awesome. Yeah, Erin's one of the CFS health coaches and she's head of enrollment too. So she basically enrolls people into the program who are ready to join and she'll tell people who aren't to maybe later. Yeah. But anyway, so Max, you yeah. had a relationship with Erin. You knew who she was. She'd coached you before. She enrolled you into the program. Yeah. So you've reached out exactly. to Aaron. What did you say? What did you say to Aaron? <laughs> it sounds so funny to say it now, but I asked her, I said, Aaron, I want to be able to have access to all of the material in the, this program <laughs> for life. I want to be able to download it, have the whole repository organized. There's the type A. I would take notes and I wanted to have notes on every lecture and i wanted it all but it wasn't like you wanted it It was like i need it in order for me to get better i need to have the whole everything right. for life that's exactly right i had somehow gotten this idea in my head that in order to be as healthy as everyone who's successful coming out of this program or in order to be as healthy as toby is now i need to do everything i need to do everything they talk about i need to watch everything Two or three times. It sounds so exhausting. It's I'm exhausted already <laughs> thinking about it. I know. It sounds like a whole, they should give you a degree or something after that, right? It's like, mm. it would be a lot of work. And in that moment, when I asked her, I took a step back and I said, this is a ridiculous question, Max, to be asking. And this is probably part of the problem. You're not going to be able to watch everything twice. You're not going to be able to have access to all these videos forever and you're not going to need them anyway that's not the point at that moment i had a slight mindset shift it's probably from something you said toby just take what you need start with what you need start with the biggest issue or whatever it is you need and just take that 
for me at the time, I think it was sleep. I'm just getting good sleep habit, yes. consistent sleep, eight hours, mm -hmm. like most people, regular bedtime, regular wake up. This is so important to my health, sleep, like it is to everybody. This mm -hmm. is what I should focus on. I actually have some empathy there for you at that stage and for other people who may be experiencing that right now. It's an overcompensation from desperation. It makes total sense. Like if you're really struggling and you're wanting something so bad, you're holding on so tightly, how's that going to help you? Like that's so stressful and not calming or relaxing and certainly not going to help with your sleep and your mindset and then your body too. It's going to have a direct response to your physiology. Yeah, probably the opposite of what I needed. What most people probably need is to let go a little bit. Yeah. Step back, take a minute. See what you really need. What can you focus on? One, two things. Do it, like you mm. say. Do the work. It's on you. Nobody's going to do it for you. And yeah. reassess and go from there. Build up. Yeah. What would you say to people who are doing this right now, that overcompensating feeling of just, <laughs> I need to know every answer. Here's a list of 10 questions I've got for you. Answer them all right now because I need them, please. And it's exhausting. <laughs> and you can feel the stress from them. They're just like so stressed out. And they yeah. know it's not right and it doesn't feel good for them either. I feel like there's this stress that comes when it doesn't matter what program you're doing, could be ours, could be anything, usually a couple of months in or even like a week in or two weeks in and you just want to freaking know it all. You're believing that you need to know everything and you need to have all yeah. the answers right now and that's actually what's stopping you from moving forwards. What's your advice to those people? First, knock it off. Yeah. <laughs> But let's be a little more helpful. I would say to somebody who's trying to do it all like I was too a year or two ago, take a minute and just focus on maybe one thing, not even two or three, just one thing that you know. And I think most people do have an inner sense of what's really important for their own recovery. For me, it was the sleep. Mm. And do it. <laughs> I mean, work on it, set your boundaries. Even just a couple of days ago, I started putting my phone out of my bedroom yeah. because I noticed my sleep was like not great. And I was like, oh, I know oh, what to do cool. now. Just throw it out the bedroom. That's pretty easy. But you do have to do it, right? That's so right. I would say anybody, it sounds a little counterintuitive, like a lot of things do <laughs> with this illness, right? But the fast way is the slow way maybe focus mm. on one thing do it and you'll slowly get stronger feel better and then you can do the next thing once yeah. you feel like your sleep is getting better or your stress or your diet or your exercise everyone's in a different stage right yeah everyone has different things they should prioritize Just take one thing and do it for a let's say two weeks three weeks don't even count just do it until it's Done. Exactly. Yeah. That's why I'm not, it doesn't matter. That's something that you did really well. How long were you in the program for? I think it was over a year, roughly. It's probably around a year. Yeah. yeah. About a year. The thing that I feel like you did really well from the outside watching, you didn't count the days. Maybe initially for the first week or two, you yeah. were exactly, I feel like most people do. They stress out and they treat it like week one, week two, yeah. day 28. Why isn't my baseline right? It's like, Jesus, like, of course, 
this isn't going to work for you if you're stressing out about it like this. Like you said, it's an evolution and you need to go through these periods of ups and downs and realizations to get to where you're at. But once that clicked for you and you reached out to Aaron, which is hilarious, and I'm sure Aaron would have just said something exactly the wisdom that you gave everyone just then. Like, Max, come on, just stop that. <laughs> Let's just break it down. What do you need right now? Let's focus on it. Let's move forwards. But one thing you did great is that, yeah, you didn't count. You weren't worried about time. You let go of the time pressure. And I think that's such an important piece moving forwards. Max, before we get into where yeah. you're at right now, movement-wise, so reconditioning your body. Yeah. Let's talk about it. So I was definitely guilty of pushing and crashing yeah. before. Also being like former athlete, I had this in my head. I'm not healthy unless I can do this. And I felt yeah. very limited. You went to the military, I guess, as well. So that would have probably been drilled into about no pain, no gain as well. That, yeah, they said it's all in your head. I was like, actually, no officers in my knees, it's in my back, but with movement. So that was a hard thing to have taken away from me. It felt like somebody took that away from me. What helped me was stretching, starting with very basic stuff. And I felt embarrassed. Toby, Pilates, I thought was for girls only. Oh, dude, Pilates you know, is I the best. Pilates is my favorite thing now. Shout out to Joe Pilates, Joseph Pilates. This guy, he's passed away now, but he actually started Pilates in New York. He was an immigrant. I think he came from Germany, but his book, The Caged Lion, is seriously such a cool book. So anyone who's listening to this who's not in our program, we don't teach directly Pilates, okay? So don't freak out and go, oh my God, I've got to do Pilates now. No. We have set stages of recovery. So if you're in stage one, then you probably shouldn't be doing any kind of movement, really. You need to be restoring energy in. But as you start to get healthier and energy starts to come back online, that's when we want to build your strength and capacity. And initially, Max, you did it perfect. Stretching first, which is restoring energy appropriately yeah. for you. And some people start with 30 seconds in bed. Other people can do longer. Again, it's where you're at, you start. And then yeah. stage two and three, well, you need strength and stamina to live life. And this is where most people go wrong. They just think it's just like they need to brain retrain themselves out and think themselves positively. No, you actually need to fundamentally recondition your body appropriately for life and living. And we have a whole program and stages and phases of, of restorative movement and then re-strengthening and conditioning to enable you to go and do whatever you want to do. If you're a grandma jumping on the trampoline with your grandkids, which is one of our members was her goal and she got to achieve that. For others, it's yep. running again or surfing or rollerblading or bike riding, whatever. Snowboarding and skiing is a big one for all our European clients. They love that. Yeah. Rock climbing, whatever. But one of the things is about restoring energy and re-strengthening. But the Joseph Pilates thing is amazing because it's all about building your body from the bottom up. It's like foundational health. And he yes. believed that Pilates was the cure for most medical problems. And so he was going to doctor's clinics going, you've got to start pre prescribing Pilates. And part of it's restorative breathing, part of it's slow restorative movement. And they all thought he was crazy. It's a pretty crazy story. He called it contrology because it was about controlling your musculoskeletal system to rebuild strength and health. And they all thought he was nuts. And so what happened was he only was training like 40, 50 people. And that was it in New York. And then he passed away and quite old. If you Google Joseph Pilates, he's in his eighties. He's just like 
chest and back and beautiful strength through the body. And what happened was the members that did that program believed in it so strongly that they changed the name to Pilates after his last name. And it's this huge story about how they basically recreated Pilates and now it's done by millions of people around the world. Yeah, that is awesome. I didn't know that. Crazy legacy. Yeah, he's a real inspiration of mine. So you started the stretching, you noticed some energy coming back there. Just loosening the muscles that they can get deconditioned after, for my case, two-ish, maybe a little more years. And I felt embarrassed at the time, but wall push-ups, just basic things that for me before was like, you don't do a wall push-up. You're better than that or something like that. But that's what I started with. Very basic stuff like that. Even like bicep curls, but with no weight and just slowly. And I also want to make a small note that it wasn't linear. It wasn't like, oh, I'll do one wall push-up today and two tomorrow. Maybe I start with one and felt great. And then the next day I did 20 because that happens. Not Lenny when you don't stick to it properly. And that's the problem. My mindset gets in the way. You believing, oh, I need to go faster and do more. And yeah, it's so interesting, isn't it? But I think what you were doing there with the wall push-ups, even though you probably could have done push-ups on your toes, right? If I said to you, Max, do 10, your will and mindset would have allowed you to get 10, but you would have felt horrible awful for days on end and so what we're doing here folks for people who are listening at home it's called micro strengthening sessions there's macro strengthening sessions where it's a healthy person kind of gym session that you could attribute it to but for someone with chronic fatigue syndrome who's getting better we can't do macro stuff because macros are too much of an adaptation for the physiology of one's body and so micro sessions are really key here because what it does is it does a slight micro tear in the muscle, which is good, okay? Because in order for a muscle to grow, it needs to be broken down and repair for sleep and nutrition, and then it grows and it grows bigger. And that's how muscle mass and I guess muscle strength comes back is by these micro sessions. And so consistency over intensity is so important. And that's what you're saying, Max, these ups and downs, until you get consistent, you will not see really good sustained progress so yeah do one and then maybe get excited do 20 and then pull it back do five and you find what's right for you yeah. it's all about i think feeling what feels good mm, tuning into your body yeah amazing where are you at now you're smiling yeah. you're beaming after you joined the program didn't you get a job or was it straight to san francisco for the corporate job I remember you reaching out to me to tell me that you got this awesome job, a banking job, and you said, I just would never call myself a banker. And I said, yeah, but that's why people are going to love you, Max, because you're not the typical banker. You're sweet, <laughs> you're kind, you've got a good heart, and more of the industry needs that. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, where I'm at now, I've been working for a, a pretty big bank, a Spanish bank here in San Francisco for about a year and a half. I'm in the gym three times a week i'm in uh, a sauna three four times a week i love the sauna sleeping pretty good stress is pretty good relationships with my friends are pretty good i'm doing my thing i have an awesome girlfriend <laughs> yay hey girlfriend Hi, you are very lucky right. to have max what a cat <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure she's lovely too shout out to max <laughs> <laughs> <Shut up. laughs> oh that's so and... great to hear yeah, so I feel 
blessed. It was pretty scary. These few years of feeling like you can't do anything and nobody has an answer for you. And mm. going from a pretty good place to a pretty dark, scary place is not easy. And I just feel very grateful now that I can do a lot of things that I wasn't able to before. And I'm grateful that CFS Health actually provided the framework for me to go ahead and actually do it. Again, it was me in the end that does it, but without some sort of guidance, I think I might still be a little bit stuck in old patterns, old loops, and not getting anywhere as fast as I would have if I didn't try the program. <clears throat> so mm. shout out to Best Health and Toby Morrison also. Thanks, Max. I definitely yeah. appreciate that. But I love the fact that you said you did the work because yes, we provided the frameworks, but you're the one that went and did the work. So you said it for me. So I appreciate yeah. that. I remember finding your YouTube video and I was like, oh, this is the guy. He gets it. He's been through it. I remember you telling your story. And I was like, that sounds very relatable. And even after I joined the program, maybe two, three weeks, I was like, help me, Toby, give me the answers. And you said over and over, I can't do it for you. Nobody mm -hmm. can. And the responsibility is really on the person to take their health into their own hands and use support networks for sure. But at the end of the day, you're responsible. It's your life. So yeah. take care of it. <laughs> <laughs> we say now in our Kickstarter calls every month to all our new members who join. And so one of the things we say is if it's to be, it's up to me, it's up to you. We're going to give you everything that can possibly help you. And also yeah. you need to meet us halfway and do it. And one of the things is don't reach out and say, Toby, can you just make the smoothie for me and make me drink it? Can you go and do the movement for me? Can you go and do the mindset work for me? Can you just show up to the <laughs> right. calls for me? No, I will not drink your smoothie for you. I will not make your smoothie for you. You got to do that stuff yourself. We have a bit of a joke about it and we have a good laugh. Again, it's a journey of self-empowerment. I don't know if you ever saw this. Did you ever see our model? No. Okay. So we have a model inside the program, which is the four levels of readiness for recovery model. And okay. the four stages of this at the lower red zone stage, it's giving up. And that's where you read on the Harvard website that said, there's no options. When you read stuff like that, you want to quit. You think it's not possible for you. And you're in that place of just feeling like giving up. And there's a lot of fear and isolation there. The second zone up from that is the hoping stage. And that's where we're second guessing ourselves and we're self-sabotage. We're jumping on the plane to the next specialist and trying that magic pill that he might or she might give me. And then from there, we go to the seeking stage. And that's where we know that it's possible to get better, but we believe that it's someone or something outside of ourselves that will fix the problem. And that's where you're coping, you're consumed, and you're always feeling tested. It's like the hope roller coaster. You go, oh, yes. Oh, it's going to be amazing. And then the roller coaster goes back down. It's like, oh, shit, it's not working. What do I do? Uh, yeah. And then the last stage, and this is the best stage, and really the only stage that recovery is possible in, which is the owning stage. And the owning stage says inner certainty, self-led, true you. You know, and this is what I love about these success interviews is because every single person that jumps on one, we hear that. We hear that through your voice. We hear the inner certainty. We hear that self-led, that leadership within yourself. Okay, what's right for me? What do I need to do? What can I do to improve myself? We also feel that true you, that you being true to yourself and that feeling of I'm okay to be me and I'm okay to say no and be true to myself. And in the dark green zone, the owning stage, we know that the body heals itself if you do the right things at the right time. 
Yeah. We just need to do them. Max, you've been amazing. So glad we got to do this. I just want to say on behalf of everybody, the peacefulness that I hear through your voice is just so lovely. <laughs> and I'm sure everyone at home is experiencing the same thing right now. They're like, oh, this man uh, speaks so so softly and nicely. It's lovely. <laughs> A couple of questions we finish up. First of all, how significant has the changes been for you in your life since doing the program? You mentioned you got a girlfriend now, work. Yeah. It just put me back on track to live a normal life. I think probably I would have gotten there, but again, the program gave me the framework to get there quicker. For me, it was maybe six to 12 months-ish. Each month was getting better and better. So I can't say exactly at 12 months, I was feeling hmm. It sounds cliche, but it gave me my life back. (laughs) Not my old life. I hear a lot of people say that too. And I don't want that life Mm -hmm. of always running around, people pleasing, living someone else's dream. Maybe it gave me an opportunity to step back, reassess what's important to me, and then freaking do it (laughs) while feeling better. And I think it's the only way you can do that. So beautiful. For people who either just joined the program or people who are thinking about joining the program but are scared and not sure, is there anything you'd like to say to them? Okay, so let's see. Let me talk to the first people first. So if you've just joined, I'd say try to get the idea out of your head that you need to do it all because it's really not that helpful. I think focus on one or maximum two things if you can or want. Just focus on one thing. And make that your thing for a little bit of time, let's say two, three weeks-ish, and reassess. That is the way to do it. Coming from somebody who tried to do it the other way, tried to do it all, take a bunch of notes, you end up not digesting anything. You don't absorb anything. You don't do anything with that information. Yes. And we have it all set out for you anyway in the program now that we have the stages, we have the set videos that you must watch first. We have a nice, easy Kickstarter course. Oh, okay. First month's really easy and chill. So it's all there for you, but it still happens from time to time where people are like, ah, scrambling, even know that the protocol and the steps for the first two months are there. It's all set out for you. So just do that yeah. is what Max is saying. Follow the framework. Take it easy. Go slow. Mm. Do it slow. all. Slow is good. That's right. And to anybody who is considering, I would say, do it. Coming from somebody who saw a bunch of different people, was pretty running out of energy and hope and options too. Yeah. Just give it a shot regarding price because it was a consideration for myself. It does cost money, but two years of my life not working also is a pretty significant sunk cost. And when I compared two years salary with the price of the program, they just don't match. And it's been such an investment in myself. Like I got healthy, I got a job. If cost is something that's prohibitive or it's too expensive for you, I'm going to go ahead and say it's also expensive to be sick. Mm. You can't be productive. You can't make money as well as you could if you were healthy and feeling good so it's totally paid off for me so just do it (laughs) give it a shot 
these guys know what they're doing. They've been through it. And I would also say it can be such an isolating thing. These people have been through it and it will be nice, I think, for people to be around like-minded people who also want to get better. Just go for it. <laughs> and last words for just anyone out there in the world watching this video. I think so many mm. people are just so isolated and just struggling. You got any words for them? Yeah, I do. Don't lose hope because it can be pretty easy to lose hope when you're feeling like shit for a long time. And if you're not getting answers and people are dismissive, it's easy to be hopeless. So don't lose hope. Listen to your body and you can get better. I was very skeptical before and I feel great now. So be hopeful. I know it can be hard, but there are programs out there. This is a great one. I just want to send a little bit of hope out to anybody who's I'm feeling great because I think it's important to hold on to that. Max, you've certainly done that today. So appreciate you. Yeah, you're an amazing guy. Keep spreading your wings. <laughs> Living your best life. Dude, you're the man, Toby. Thanks so much. On behalf of everyone at CFS Health, all the members and all the non-members too who get the privilege to listen to this, it's so lovely to catch up and just hear how far you've come, where you've come from the endless possibilities in your life yeah. of whatever you choose to do. I'd also like to just say thank you to you guys and tell anybody out there, once you get better and you will, if you do the right things at the right time, the world is yours. You have so many options once you're feeling good, but when you're not feeling great, it's limited. Your health should be your priority. So appreciate you. We'll speak to you soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Toby. Au revoir. Hey, I hope this video was really helpful for you. If you haven't already, please hit the like button and feel free to leave a comment. What was your takeaway, your insight from today's video? It's really helpful to actually write your learnings down. We seem to embed it better and it seems to help us move forwards with life. Here are three ways we can help you right now whenever you're ready. The first way is make sure you add yourself into our free information recovery group on Facebook. We'll leave a link in the description below. It's a really supportive, encouraging place. There's no negative venting. You can ask questions to other people. There's something like seven, 8,000 people in there right now. And I'm sure by the time you're watching this video, there's even more. So go over there right now. We share success stories. We share our latest free trainings that come to the public. And we always share upcoming information about upgrades inside our program. And also when we offer free webinars or free information nights that can further help you with your own recovery. The second way we can help you, which is one of my favorite, is through all our free trainings. We're going to leave a link in the description with our favorite free trainings that we know can help you start your recovery, whether that's through our baseline training, which will help you stop pushing and crashing our three stages of recovery to figure out exactly where you're at and know what to do next. Or my favorite, which is our guest panel workshop, which was actually exclusive for our members. It was so damn good that I actually asked them, can we share this to the public? They all said yes, all five of them. So thank you past members. They share their five recovery secrets and it's really powerful. There's tears, there's aha moments, there's real key insight and inspiration. And so whether you're a one out of 10 and you're really struggling right now, or whether you're further along in your recovery journey and you're integrating back into life, 
we have you covered. The third way we can help you is through our actual paid online recovery program, the Mentorship Recovery Program. And if you are interested in getting proper help, a holistic comprehensive plan, professional coaching from the best coaches in the world, whether that's with mindset, movement, nutrition, restorative movement, reconditioning, integrating back into life, integrative medicine, baseline, structure, routine, accountability, all things health and life. Feel free to apply for the program today. All you need to do is click on the form, cfshealth.com slash form, fill out the short two to three minute form application and the team will be in touch with all the details that you need to know about the program via email. So make sure you check your spam folder for all the free trainings. If you've sent through an application, please be patient. My team are real people, okay? They're not robots. So if we don't get back to you within seconds or hours, it's okay. <laughs> we will get back to you. If you don't hear from the team within two to three days, that means that it's basically gone to spam or junk and it's gone missing. So please send a follow-up email to the team at info at cfshealth.com. If you have any questions, go check it out. But I would highly recommend adding yourself into the free group right now. Go click on that link in the description. Go download all the free trainings. Honestly, the whole reason why this whole thing started is because when I went through this myself, it was so painful and so excruciating that I didn't want anyone else to have to go through it. And some of these free trainings are so damn valuable. Back then, I would have paid thousands of dollars for. We've had so many comments and emails and posts saying, oh my God, the baseline training was a game changer for me. Toby, I've been doing this now for three months and I'm feeling so much better. My symptoms are decreasing. I've got more stamina. I've got more energy. I'm able to do more things. So, you know, whether you're learning from us and consuming our content through our free format, I'm so stoked. Whether that's in our paid program, I don't really care. Either way, all I want to make sure is that you are moving forwards. You are starting to really implement this work. And that's really what it's all about. Once we implement, we make change and we start to move forwards. Sending you a ton of love. Of course, feel free to consume as much of the YouTube videos as you like. There's so many really, really great ones, new and old. Sending you a ton of love and uh, speak to you very, very soon. All the best for now.